The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolness. Coming up, we're going to take a deep dive into the free agent market and take a look at the players who could be available for your Philadelphia Eagles. Dan Pizzuta from the33rdteam.com is going to join me to talk about his ranking at the different positions of interest for the Eagles, and we'll kind of weed out the different franchise tag guys and Look at the players who actually could be on Howie Roseman's radar. We're not going to give you, you know, we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about the glitzy names that the Eagles are not going to be going after. We're going to get into the guys who the Eagles actually have a shot at landing at the positions of interest. We're going to talk to Dan about that coming up here in the next few minutes. I'm also going to give you my quick thoughts on the Super Bowl. It's certainly now we're like five days out, but I haven't had a chance to share yet. And, you know, sharing is caring. So uh, I'll share with you my Super Bowl thoughts here uh, after my conversation with Dan Pizzuta. But just a reminder, everybody, that you can always keep up on the latest news and notes and rumors about free agency, the draft, this what will be a very busy Eagles offseason at BleedingGreenNation.com. That's where we do all of our good writing over there about your birds, and I'm sure you have that page bookmarked on your little internet computer. So again, BleedingGreenNation.com is where you can find my stuff uh, and uh, everyone else, all the fine writers we have over at BGN. And I will just crow for a minute because yours truly won the year-long staff NFL picks for the third time in five years. I know, or the third time in six years. I won it two years in a row. Then I think BLG won it two years in a row or three years in a row. And now I've won it again this year. Uh, so we're just kind of elbowing out the rest of the staff. So when you need a game pick, you can come see your boy over here. Because uh, uh, I ran away with it towards the end of the season uh, and finished with the best postseason record. I think I went seven and two uh, in picking straight up winners, just straight up. I don't do the I don't do point spreads or anything, uh, but straight up winners uh, for the uh, for the NFL season here in 2023. So um, yeah, toot my own horn a little bit on that one. Well, after the Eagles season finished up here, we know that there is some work to do in the offseason. They've already gotten a lot of the coaching work done uh, that we all know needed to happen, and now it's 
we're starting to enter that time of the offseason where we turn our attention to the personnel on the field. Uh, that involves free agency. That involves the draft. And, of course, we're going to be getting into the draft much more as we get into March and April. But for right now, let's talk free agency. Let's talk about some folks on the outside who could come into this organization and potentially help this team. Specifically, I think we're looking mostly on the defensive side of things. But, obviously, an offensive upgrade or two will be needed as well at certain spots. Joining me to talk about free agency and maybe some potential fits for the Eagles is Dan Pizzuta. He's an NFL analyst for the 33rd team. Terrific site offers you really a lot of great information over there uh, at the 33rd team around the NFL. And so wanted to talk to him about an article that he wrote recently. He's been really keeping up on free agency, ranking different free agents at every position. And of course, the top 100, lots of great info there. Dan, thanks for coming on Eye on the Enemy. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's good to talk to you. And so as I th before we get into the free agency stuff, I did kind of want to get your thoughts on a, on a couple of pieces of, of Eagles news. And obviously, as somebody who's covering the NFL, uh, you are, uh, uh, I'm sure, well aware of the Hassan Reddick trade talks that are that are going on out there. Did he actually request a trade? No, he didn't. It looks like the team is allowing Hassan Reddick to gauge his, uh, his potential worth out there, what the team might get back. And I think... It's really kind of a 50-50 right now whether or not Hassan Reddick does get traded someplace else or whether the Eagles can worked out, work out a contract extension with him. It seems clear that if he comes back, they're going to have to pay him more money, not only because he deserves it and because he's outperformed his contract quite a bit, but because it would also help with their cap situation for 2024 and potentially 2025 as well. What's your read on the Hassan Reddick trade conversation do you what are the what odds are better do you think it's better he comes back or that he actually moves on someplace else yeah i, I think it's probably something where it, that'll get worked out eventually i'd, I'd be surprised uh, if he was traded it was kind of a, a shock when that report uh, came out it was it super bowl morning uh that he had requested a trade but i, I can see where this is coming from from both sides got it you know 21.9 million dollar cap hit uh, for this upcoming year where he's going to be 30. So like you said, if he comes back, it's probably going to be on some type of extension that probably lowers that cap hit for, for 2024 then kind of play out. It's probably not going to have too much guaranteed uh, in there. But yeah, he's still a, a very useful player. Obviously, he's been in a position now where he is you know, rushing the passer like he should be. Some of those early uh, days in Arizona, he was dropping back into coverage. You don't want to see a guy like that be doing that quite as much. Um, so I, I think he should continue to be uh, a pretty good, big piece uh, of this Eagles rotation that's probably, you know, going to add some more pieces, whether it's, you know, through the draft or through free agency. Uh, they like to have a very deep uh, little stable of, of mm. pass rushers there. Um, yeah, I think Reddick is still a very good fit in, in this uh, Vic Fangio system that they're going to be, which, you know, they've been kind of running without Fangio for the past couple of years. Now they actually have the guy, uh, but I think he's still going to be a pretty good fit. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they, they work something out to get him at a, a slightly lower number uh, in 2024, some little additional money uh, kind of taking out some of those those void years and, and pushing them into you know the next couple of years too. Right, the defensive line in 2022 was so amazing. They got so much pressure on the quarterback, so many sacks. They blotted out the sun with sacks that season. And then last year, especially in the second half of the season, it really fell apart. Josh Sweat, I think, he got exposed a little bit with too much playing time. Uh, the the Brandon Graham, the extra year older, I think, was was 
in evidence uh, with his lack with his reduction in playing time. They didn't get nearly what they were hoping to get out of Nolan Smith, the uh, the first uh, first round rookie that they that they drafted. Uh, and um, you know, it's Hassan Reddick with under Matt Patricia started dropping back into coverage more, which infuriated us. The whole as it's happening, we can't un- we can't wrap our minds around um, what what the thinking was behind that. And of course, it's you know they're getting trapped by what other offenses are doing. All that being said, it seems as though the Eagles need to add at edge rusher. A lot of us are focusing on linebacker safety, and I want to talk to you about that free agent market in just a second. But we know that this team values edge rushers. We know that this team values pressuring the quarterback. I don't think you can go into 2024 with Brandon Graham being a major part of the solution here. Like, he's got to be your fifth edge rushing option at this point. You'd like to think that Nolan, the first-round rookie pick, will get better in his second year, but I don't know that you can count on that going into the season. And I think you've got to find a a a way to... Like you were mentioning, they love a rotation. Well, Josh Sweat and, and Hassan Reddick played way more snaps last year than I think the Eagles envisioned them playing. So I think they got to get like a third legitimate edge rusher here on this team. And the best way to do that to me seems through free agency. So as you're looking at the edge rushers here, obviously there's a lot of guys who are technically free agents, but of course some of these guys are going to get franchised. So looking at the list, looking at, you know, what you think might fit with what Philadelphia is doing, what are some names that we should be keeping an eye on who won't get franchised, you don't think? Yeah, I mean, like you said, anytime you put together a a list like this, and I did the top 100 free agents uh, that are coming out, you look at the the top of the list, you guys like Josh Allen, Brian Burns, probably guys that aren't going anywhere, and also probably guys that you know are going to be out of the Eagles' range a little right. bit, even if they did hit the market. I wouldn't expect them to be, you know, looking at the the top of the the edge market regardless of whether those guys were available or not. So you kind of have to look, you know, a, a little further down. Uh, one guy who I, I like a, a lot, I've liked him really since he came out of college, and now has the the Vic Fangio. Um, connection here from last year in Miami is Andrew Van Ginkle. Uh, Obviously, he's a guy who uh, is going to be coming off uh, an injury suffered late in the season, Uh, but he's someone who at Wisconsin was kind of a very blitz-heavy off-ball linebacker, kind of got turned into more of an edge rusher in Miami as that need became uh, more present. Uh, So he's a guy who can be quite versatile uh, in a lot of those things, can do the dropping back in coverage, can be real quick off the line, um, and and things like that. So I I would watch out for Van Ginkle, who might be kind of one of those mid-tier free agents. Uh, And then I I would expect the Eagles are kind of, you know, one of those teams that will go after, you know, some of those guys who haven't completely hit in a way that they might have been expected. And like a Josh Uche from New England might be that type of guy. He really flashes when he's on the field, wasn't really able to get into the New England rotation over the past two years, even while they needed pass rushers. So there's a bit of a question there, but when he's on the field, really good. So I think he could be uh, a guy like that. Uh, And then I think you can possibly be looking at, you know, some of the other you know what the veterans that are in uh, this range like the like a Kyle Van Noy who mm-hmm. kind of had a a real good season uh with Baltimore some of those versatile guys who can be on the edge can drop back a little bit those are the types of guys that I think are going to be good fits in the defensive system that kind of match what the Eagles are going to be looking for as part of a depth rotation uh on that edge so I think you're kind of looking at some of those you know taking swings on maybe a couple of those veteran options kind of like Baltimore did uh you know this year taking on a, a Jadavian Clowney uh, coming mm. in at Kyle Van Noy. I think you're going to see more of those types of guys if the Eagles go in that direction. Derek Barnett, 
not coming back though fans just just so just so everyone's aware we're not like i know he's uh, on your list i'm looking at your i'm looking at your your list by position here uh and and you have uh van ginkle at number nine uche at number 10 and uh van noy at number 18 Derek barnett in there at 13 so he'd kind of if he hadn't already come from philadelphia you <laughs> could reasonably think well maybe they make a play for Derek barnett no, not happening. He's, he's not coming back to, to Philadelphia. I, and I, I was kind of a, you know, for, it was a weird situation with Barnett. He was not very productive over the last couple of years while he was here. He goes to Houston and really has a pretty gosh darn good last couple of months with them. He was incredible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> where was that, Derek, while you were here in Philadelphia? We wouldn't have, we wouldn't have sent you away if they, we'd seen that kind of. The only thing he ever did was, uh, you know, after, aside from recovering that fumble at the end of Super Bowl 52, was was commit personal fouls on the regular. So um, frustrating to watch him have success in, in Houston, to be perfectly honest with you. Now, we're going to talk about linebackers here. And again, for folks listening, they're not going to fill all these needs in free agency, but some of them will get filled in free agency, some in the draft. And so we're going to just run down some of these names that, again, could be targets for the Eagles moving past all of the guys who will likely get franchise tag. But correct me, Dan, if I'm wrong, I don't think as many linebackers get that franchise tag simply because I think a lot of NFL teams, and maybe this is starting to change, but a lot of NFL teams don't value the linebacker position as highly as they do, say, cornerback or edge rusher. But do you get the sense that's changing? I mean, I think we've seen some really top-notch defenses value off-ball linebacker, and it's really paying dividends for them. Am I, am I, am I like five years in the past with that thinking? No, so it's, it, it's kind of an interesting dynamic here with linebackers because... Both sides, I think, are, are true. And I think we've kind of seen in ways it does still slightly make sense to not pay up for linebackers in in general. But I think we've seen some guys like um, a, a Roquan Smith in when he got traded from Chicago to Baltimore completely changed uh, that defense. You have a guy like Fred Warner in San Francisco. San Francisco can do all of those things they do defensively because he is in the middle of the field. Um, I think you look at a guy like Matt Milano in Buffalo. The defense is so much different when he is on the field. Um, so I think you do have a certain subset of off-ball linebackers who can completely change what defenses do and are worth uh, the, the big money. The, the problem is once you start paying some of those guys who aren't really in that echelon of player, and I think we might kind of see that a little bit in this free agent market. Um, you have a guy like uh, Patrick Queen, who was really impressive this past year in Baltimore, but I think was definitely benefiting from being next to Roquan Smith. So he had some of what he was able to do. Um, his strengths were kind of just really magnified because he was playing next to a guy like Roquan Smith. So I think Patrick Queen could be a uh, real danger in kind of paying some of that top of the market value mm -hmm. if you're ask, going to ask him to come in and be uh, like your number one kind of Mike linebacker uh, and really rely on him to do something. So like, if we're looking at the Eagles, I wouldn't expect them uh, to do something like that. So I think that's kind of the the line you have to tell a little bit with some of these linebackers. We've seen some of these guys who can completely change a defense, uh, but identifying those guys and paying the right ones is kind of where you need to kind of strike that balance. 
which of these guys that's on your on the top of your list do you think could fit with Philadelphia? Because it seems like they have a need at Mike and at off-ball linebacker, but uh, obviously I don't think they can. They, they're obviously not going to pay big money. They may not pay big money for one, let alone let alone two of them. Yeah, and I, that's that's really the the interesting thing with Philadelphia because they are a team that has historically not invested at that position. But I think when you look at where they really struggled in 2023, it was you know up the spine of that defense yeah. with linebacker was, with safety. So it's it was it was such a disaster. It, they almost they they Howie Roseman will get run out of town if he doesn't do something with this position this offseason. Yeah, so I think like if you look at the, the top of the list, I have Frankie Liu from Carolina, who's been a, a real fun player. I'm not sure Philadelphia would go there. Uh, but my number two linebacker is Aziz Al-Shahir from Tennessee. And he was one of these guys. He was the third linebacker in San Francisco uh, when he started uh, his career, next to Fred, Fred Warner, next to Dre Greenlaw. Um, and he went to Tennessee on just a one-year, $4 million deal. Um, and he kind of took over as the guy there. Uh, he's real aggressive running downhill, which I think is something Philadelphia could use. Um, I, I think I'm higher on him than I probably you would see on most free agent lists. Uh, but I think he is potentially the, the type of guy that Philadelphia could really use. A guy that's going to uh, run downhill. He's all over the field making run tackles. Uh, he improved in coverage uh, a little bit this year when he was kind of asked to do a little more in coverage. So I think he could potentially be a guy who is going to give high value linebacker play. Probably won't cost all that much. Um it just based on what the market had set for him last year. Uh, mm-hmm. So I wouldn't expect him to be, you know, one of these top of the market linebackers. But when you kind of look at the the type of play you'll be getting, he's a guy I'll be very interested in what his market is, because I think he can bring um, a lot of surplus value based on what he's probably going to be signing for. Yeah. And the Eagles still have Nicobe Dean, and I know they like him. I know they want him to start, but it's still kind of unclear exactly what kind of linebacker he's going to be for this team, because the Eagles... And watching him play, he doesn't seem like he is has adjusted well in, in his very brief playing career to to coverage. Um, and so, it, it, are any of these guys that you see a coverage linebacker that that the Eagles could go out and 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 sign? Yeah, I mean, there is Levante David, who just kind of has been that guy throughout his career, but he's older, <laughs> yeah, much older. So I, I don't know if that's something that the Eagles kind of. Or, you know, want to be getting themselves into. Uh, I mean, it's like a, a similar thing with with Bobby Wagner. Um, you know, it, it's it's tough because some of those guys who do have that plus coverage ability are either you know super young, not free agents yet, or you know they are the guys who you know have been paid. So mm. that's kind of one of the things with free agency too. There's usually a reason these guys are going to be hitting the market. Uh, yeah. So you're not getting uh, the you know the top of the line guys, and you know that that could be Luvu a little bit. He's a guy who's kind of wild all over the field um but was a little bit you know better in in coverage a little bit but again he's going to be the top linebacker on the market um so he might be a little bit out of uh the price range of a a team like the eagles who probably is not going to you know be targeting that type of player all right let's take a look at safety then because this is another area where the eagles again talking about the spine of the defense they really had their issues last year and uh this team missed uh, chauncey gardner johnson quite a bit uh, at the at the safety spot reed blankenship 
looked like he was going to be a potential Pro Bowl guy in the first half of the season, but uh, really slipped in his play as the, as the season went along, which is not surprising. An undrafted rookie, I think he's a good player. I think he's a starter on this team, uh, but he's probably not. Maybe he gets a Pro Bowl nod at some point down the line. But he, again, not he's not a necessarily a star player, but Kevin Byard will not be back. They had to add him in the middle of the season because they they didn't they entered the the season without a plan there at safety and again this could be an area they address early in the draft but if you're looking at free agency there's some big names there like Antoine Winfield Jr big name from Tampa I suspect Tampa's not letting him go or, or franchising him or or something along those lines but uh, which of your top guys here could be there for the Eagles that again might be a realistic option because you're right they may not spend top dollar on somebody yeah I I, I like this free agent safety class uh, quite a bit so i'm not sure they can go wrong here uh depending on you know where they go you know obviously you have the, the winfield jr who is probably not going to be uh you know a, one uh, available or, or two in the eagles price range again because you know this is a, a team that has a, a pretty veteran roster and probably not going to be you know spending as much as they potentially could but even right. if you go down to you know a, Cameron Curl, who, who was with Washington uh, these past couple of years, former seventh-round pick. He's you know, one of these versatile guys, can play in the box, can play uh, deep, can play slot a, a little bit. Uh, and I think you're, you're looking, there's so many of those guys that uh, are going to be on this list. You have like a, a Jordan Fuller from the Rams, a little more of a, uh, you know, can again, can play in the box, can play deep. Um, you know, he's been in a, a Fangio-type system um, for, you know, most of his Rams career, was really good in uh, in that Staley uh, defense that year, uh, but yeah. even as you as you go down, um, you know you have kind of the the buy low type in like a, a Jeremy Chin from from Carolina, one of those you know versatile big you know box safeties uh, who uh, just didn't completely catch on uh, this past year with Carolina because of uh, some injuries and inconsistencies. But even if you go down like Deshaun Elliott played real well uh, for. Fangio in Miami uh, this past year. Uh, he was a guy who played in, in a lot of their s- deep in their split safety coverages. Uh, so uh, in, at safety, I, I think there's a lot of good options that probably will not be very expensive. You can even look at, you know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who only signed yeah. uh, for that one year uh, with Detroit, could p- potentially come back. I, I would like that fit if they did that uh, again. So um, safety, I think, it is the the position here where I think is potentially the deepest, especially on defense. Um, mm. And I think you're going to be able to get a quality player uh, for not a top of the market price, uh, that, no matter where you really look at this position. Yeah. That sounds like Howie Roseman's pool right there. If you're looking at, if you're looking at where am I going to, because again, you're paying your quarterback a lot more money than you have in, in previous seasons. And the Eagles, obviously, they need to figure out what to do at cornerback two because it, I don't think James Bradbury is going to be back. I guess there's a possibility they move Bradbury to safety, but I don't see that. I, I don't see him being on this team next year. Um, Vontae Maddox, you know, they have to make a decision on Maddox as well. Could move him to safety, but again, that's a big cap number. They might decide to go someplace else. And if you're looking at where Howie Roseman likes to invest big dollars, it's at cornerback, it's at edge, it's at certain other positions, not necessarily 
safety. So, but it sounds like there's a nice big pool here of of of, of free agents that they could that would make a lot of sense for this team. So, uh, I'm 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 excited here. And you talk about you know the the depth there because I think we're also seeing with the with the Eagles how important safety is. I mean, they just you you can't go into another offseason like well you know maybe you know can we do Nicholas Morrow out there? You know who's who's on the street here in early September to to go out and fill this position? That's just that's kind of an arrogant way of going about meeting your needs on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I'm looking at, uh, I think as we also kind of flip it to, to the offensive side of things, uh, the Eagles are going to have to make a decision on running back because DeAndre Swift, he's number six on your free agent running back rankings. The Eagles have a decision to make whether or not to bring him back uh, into the fold. He had a very good season here in Philadelphia. I At the right number, I would like to see him come back to Philly, but it's a matter of if he's going to get Miles Sanders money, the reason, there's a reason the Eagles didn't sign Miles Sanders, and that's because they didn't want to pay a running back Miles Sanders money. That's a trend around the NFL. Running backs, generally speaking, are not getting a whole lot of money at this point. So if the Eagles don't bring back DeAndre Swift, are there guys in the mold of DeAndre Swift 2022, you know, guys who aren't going to cost a ton, who might interest the Eagles in the free agent market? Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of the thing about running backs is there always is uh, at some point. You know, if you, you know, look at, you know, maybe it's, a, it's an Eagles thing to kind of buy low on a, uh, a guy kind of coming back off injuries. There's a, you know, a J.K. Dobbins, uh, probably not going to get that much. Again, good on the field, uh, has some injury issues uh, that have, you know, kind of not gotten him to where a lot of people expected him to be uh in baltimore you know there's the you know the zach moss and and gus edwards uh there's there's a, a ton of guys who are going to be available uh, again like you said like deandre swift was my sixth running back but if you look at kind of the top 100 uh he's only in the the 70s uh, mm-hmm. i think at seven i have him at 79 so that's just kind of you know how depressed kind of the, the running back market is especially for some of these guys that are going to be um you know hitting the market uh when you look at and this is a fairly strong running back market technically when you look at the names who are potentially free agents you have the Saquon Barkley's Josh Jacobs Derek Henry Tony Pollard Austin Eckler I wouldn't expect the Eagles to be in any of those uh, because they are a team that is going to want to build the offensive line and believe that the offensive line is going to be what carries the rushing success. If there are holes for the running back to run in, it doesn't really matter who the running back uh, is going to be. So um, I, I would expect if they, if they bring someone in, it might be, you know, a, a Gus Edwards type of guy uh, who could be, uh, you know, an, an interesting fit there. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't expect, you know, uh, them to go too heavy uh, into that position and maybe it's just you know drafting a guy on day two or, or day yeah. three to to get that in and that's kind of how the eagles have gone about that position before what's your sense on deandre swift's market like do you think he could get something where he would get priced out of philadelphia you know it's it's possible i, I think that would have been more likely in other years where we didn't have such, at least in name value, a strong top five here. And I'm really, I'm interested to see where the running back market just in general does come um, because we, we haven't seen these types of guys hit the market uh, before. And I think we so, kind of saw it settle down a little bit with the Jonathan Taylor uh, extension like that that's a fine deal for running backs even if you're not you know pro paying running backs uh, a crazy high amount um so i think we'll see it settle down i, I 
Swift, I, I think, is probably going to have to settle for, you know, something that that's not crazy. So I, I think he'd be in the price range if the Eagles do want to bring him back. Um, but whether they even want to, you know, do that and, and have anything really invested in that position while they kind of do have to, you know, figure out some other things uh, and have some other weaknesses, Um you know that's that's probably the the math they're they're doing in their head of we, even if it is you know a, a somewhat cheap deal, um, mm-hmm. whether that's even worth making that investment uh, at the position when they can probably you know get similar production somewhere else for cheaper. One other position I want to talk to you about, and that's wide receiver. And it seems kind of silly because AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, you've got one of the best wide receiver duos in the NFL, but this team has really struggled to find themselves. Uh, a competent slot receiver here over the last few years. And and some of that might be on the offensive design. It sure seems like everything is funneled towards Brown and Smith, but even Dallas Goddard got lost in the shuffle a lot this year as the Eagles kind of abandoned the middle of the field. And it seemed like some of that was on Jalen Hurts. Some of that was on Brian Johnson or Nick Sirianni or the scheme. We still don't really know exactly why that happened the way that it did because they were much better in the middle of the field in, in 2022. But it doesn't seem like they can go into this season, at least as a fan for sitting here watching what I've watched over the last couple of years with Quez Watkins and uh, Olamide uh, Zacchaeus uh, as your uh, as your slot receivers. I like Zacchaeus. I thought OZ did a pretty good job last year, but uh, he just didn't get he didn't get a whole lot of run in the slot. And there are some some good slot receiver options out there. Like I know Tyler Boyd's a name we've been hearing a whole lot about. You have him at number eleven on your wide receivers list. Can you just kind of walk us through the the slot receivers who who might be available? Yeah, I think Boyd could potentially be one for. Uh, the Eagles, uh, again, he's he's a little bit older, probably going to end up being the odd man out in Cincinnati uh, because, I, you know, even just with a slot receiver, it's much easier, even one of Boyd's caliber, it's much easier to replace that in an offense than it would be uh, T. Higgins, who uh, I would expect Cincinnati to at least franchise to to try to bring back and he's the number one wide receiver uh, on the market this year so you know Boyd is a guy uh, who could potentially work you know uh, Curtis Samuel could potentially be uh, someone who when he's in the right type of system uh, he's been able to work um, kind of can be that that gadget slot guy um, so a, a cheap veteran that might be there you know uh, Josh Reynolds uh, from Detroit could potentially be you know again not a sexy name uh, but he's kind of maybe like a, a Quez Watkins player plus of he can be uh, in the slot, it can be that kind of downfield guy um, who, you know, is not going to have a, a, a huge market. Uh, I wouldn't expect most of these guys to, you know, be commanding big money um, on those type of deals. But also this, this is a place where I wouldn't be surprised to see the Eagles kind of forego some of that um, spending and and kind of take a guy in the draft, take it take a swing on you know someone on on day two or, or early day three. I can kind of fit in the slot because, like you said, there, there's going to be open space uh, in the middle of the field, whether the Eagles are, are going to use it or not. Uh, I, I would expect with, with Kellen Moore, they will uh, a little more. That'll be a little more of an emphasis uh, that they're going to uh, use. So. Um, you know, it, it, any of these guys kind of in, in the back half a little bit, the Samuels, the boys, the, the Reynolds, I, I could see them potentially, you know, being a fit, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of forego that and, and take a swing on a guy in the draft to get younger and, and cheaper mm-hmm. uh, in that position. Let me ask you one more, uh, and it doesn't relate to the Eagles at all. Where do you see Kirk Cousins landing this offseason? He's the number one quarterback, obviously, in, for teams that need a franchise quarterback. Uh, you know, I mean, but he's, he's going to land somewhere and he's going to get big money doing it. Where do you think he ends up? Yeah, I, I would 
stick with Minnesota for right now because I think that just kind of seems like a fit. It's His market is so much more complicated now with that Achilles injury. Uh, you don't know how he's going to bounce back. He's also, you know, going to be in his late 30s. Um, so while he is the best quarterback on the market, I think that kind of says a little bit more about the quarterback market. Um, you know, I'm writing something up about uh, Baker Mayfield's market and what that could potentially be. He's a number two quarterback right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that just kind of shows quarterbacks who are able to get to the free agent market. Like we were saying in the beginning, there's there's a reason some of these guys become free agents. So uh, for Cousins, I... I'll stick with just Minnesota because I think that's probably uh, the best short-term option for him and the Vikings while they both kind of figure out what's going to be next uh, for them. But yeah, it's it's that injury uh, and the age really complicate that market. So it's not quite as wide open uh, as you could uh, potentially think. But I think kind of maybe a year or two in in Minnesota is probably kind of the best bet for, for everybody involved there. Well, it's a fun part of the offseason, looking at these free agent lists, thinking who could be available, where they might end up, what kind of fit they could be here in Philadelphia and some and around the NFL. And of course, we're always watching to see what the other NFC contenders are doing here on this podcast to um, keep an eye on the enemy there. But uh, for folks who want to learn more about the free agent market out there and what teams might be doing, make sure you're going over to the 33rdteam.com. And that's where you can check out Dan Pizzuta's stuff all over there. Uh, Dan, if people want to find you on the socials, how do they find you on Twitter? Yeah, you just be at Dan Pizzuta. Uh, that's a, yeah, fairly simple. Easy enough. Dan, thanks for coming on Eye on the Enemy. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, well, let me give you my uh, thoughts on the Super Bowl real quick. Won't take more than just a couple of minutes here. But first, of course, our hearts go out to the victims and the family members of those who were shot at the end of the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade. What an unbelievably awful situation. Um, It's, you know, I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty of all that kind of stuff, but uh, just an awful day marring what should have been a day of celebration, another, another day of celebration for Chiefs fans following the Super Bowl parade. I just, I can't imagine something like that happening at the end of a Super Bowl or a World Series parade here in Philadelphia. But uh, obviously a, a big tragedy. Thankfully, it does not appear as of this recording that the death toll is uh, is going to be uh, a big number. But obviously, as I'm recording this, we know one person uh, was shot and killed, a 44-year-old mother, a DJ uh, in, in the Kansas City area, a radio DJ in the Kansas City area, uh, lost her life in this shooting. So 
Uh, we're, we're thinking of her and we're thinking of uh, the rest of the folks who are at the parade and in that community who are dealing with this. Uh, talking about the game itself, I, I got to tell you, it sure seems that losing a Super Bowl to the Kansas City Chiefs is enough to mentally break a team. Uh, the Chiefs have handed the Eagles and the 49ers one heartbreaking Super Bowl defeat after the next. And you just have to... You have to bow at the feet of Patrick Mahomes, man. He did it again. He played like garbage for most of that game. And then midway through the third quarter, through the fourth quarter and into overtime, he just took it over. It's exactly what he did against the Eagles in the Super Bowl the year before. And I don't know about you, made me feel a little bit better about losing the way that they did in the Super Bowl because I think the Eagles put up more of a fight than the 49ers did. Although the 49ers took them to overtime, I can't really say that. But the Eagles scored touchdowns when the 49ers couldn't. And you just have to, I don't, Patrick Mahomes is absolute magic at the end of football games, in the, especially in the playoffs. He's just magic. It's, it's, it's hard to quantify exactly what it is that he does because that talent level around him this year, this was the year that he should have lost. This is the year he should not have gotten back to the Super Bowl, let alone won one, but he did. Because of because it's him and because it's Andy Reid, but because of his ability to make plays, he just he knows when to use his legs to get key first downs. He knows where to go with the football in key situations. He didn't try to do too much in this game. 49ers were giving him a lot of underneath stuff. He just said thank you and let his let his guys get the six, seven yards at a time and, and move the ball downfield. And then when he got in the red zone late in the game, they were able to convert in overtime. But a lot of field goals in this game as the defenses allowed the teams to kind of move in between the 30s, uh, but in, inside the 30s really with some turnovers and then some, uh, some, some key stops on third down, forcing some field goals. And the 49ers at the end in overtime – just some real galaxy brain stuff going on there with Kyle Shanahan, who is getting ripped to shreds by the fan base for receiving the ball to start off overtime, seemingly not understanding the playoff overtime rules. And a lot of us didn't understand them, specifically the ones about knowing whether or not when time runs out at the end of the first overtime period, whether or not the game is over. And of course, we found out as it was happening that no, the Chiefs would get to continue their drive if time ran out at the end of the first uh, overtime drive, but uh, it looked like they were trying to rush that game-winning touchdown play, but they weren't doing it to try and get it in before the end of the first overtime. They knew that the 49ers' defense was gassed. Both those teams, with a week off, their defenses were gassed in that game, which kind of is a little bit mystifying because you had a week off. You had the bye week. You, you really shouldn't have been that exhausted, but the 49ers were, their defense was running on fumes by the fourth quarter and especially in overtime and just could not stop what Kansas City was doing. But to give Patrick Mahomes the ball last, no, and look, Kansas, the, the San Francisco didn't anticipate that Kansas City would go for two. If San Francisco scored a touchdown on their opening drive and Kansas City responded with a touchdown on theirs, Shanahan said his thinking was, well, I want the ball back then for the sudden death drive. He didn't he didn't anticipate that the Chiefs might go for two if the 49ers scored a touchdown on the opening drive of overtime and then the Chiefs went down and responded with a, a touchdown of their own, something he might have, he should have probably anticipated. But you watch the NFL films, uh, mic'd up section, and you can hear Patrick Mahomes ecstatic that the 49ers uh, took the ball first on purpose. 
It was it fed exactly into what they wanted to do. Uh, and when the 49ers were not able to convert a touchdown on that first drive of overtime, when uh, there was that miscommunication, that blown assignment by the offensive line that forced Brock Purdy to throw the ball away, um, that was the game. When they had to kick a field goal, that was the game. That was when the 49ers lost right there because you knew that their defense I wasn't going to be able to stop them. Trey Greenlaw rupturing his Achilles, running onto the field in the middle of the first half. Just an absolute crushing blow to that defense. And I don't know if that was the big reason why they folded towards the end, but it was certainly a reason why they folded. Uh, just a devastating, just a devastating turn of events for the 49ers defense in that particular spot. So the Chiefs denied the 49ers what they had been talking about. For the last four years, the 49ers ran their mouths all season long. They got back to the Super Bowl. They were going to do it this time, and they fell short once again because of turnovers and because of boneheaded mistakes by the coaching staff. The 49ers fired their defensive coordinator this week in large part because of what happened in the Super Bowl, but I think they felt that the 49ers defense underachieved a little bit in 2023, and they probably did underachieve a little bit, but Steve Wilkes was in his first season as the D.C., and wasn't good enough. There had to be a scapegoat for what happened in the Super Bowl, and it wasn't going to be Kyle Shanahan. So Steve Wilkes leaves, and now we'll see what the 49ers do uh, to replace him as a defensive coordinator. But you have just players blaming other players. Uh, it looks like fans are revolting against Debo Samuel. People calling out Debo Samuel for having not just a bad game, but a game where he wasn't hustling and uh, wasn't playing hard. It just... what. It, we know the Eagles kind of fell apart in the second half, and I think they came into the season. We've talked about some of the mental hurdles of this, of being the Super Bowl loser uh, that certainly affected them, I think, throughout the season. They were tense. They put too much pressure on themselves, really, from the start, and you saw that. Losing the, the, the two coordinators was a, a big part of it, too. The 49ers are going to lose a defensive coordinator. They're going to have to get used to somebody new for a second straight year, and they're going to have to find some way to get over that loss. And that could be a big hurdle heading into the 2024 season. Do not discount that. The 49ers are talented. And Brock Purdy is a good quarterback, guys. He might be a system quarterback. That doesn't mean he's not a good quarterback. Had the offensive line picked up the blitz, he might have been able to score the touchdown in overtime. But he did not get six. He got three on too many of those offensive possessions. And some of that is on the quarterback. He just, he has a ceiling. I think Brock Purdy has a ceiling. It's relatively high, but when he's got to outduel a star quarterback, he's he's going to be on the short end of that stick most of the time. He's a little like Kirk Cousins in that regard. And I think we'll see as time goes on whether or not Brock Purdy is as good as Cousins, better than Cousins, maybe not quite as good as Kirk Cousins, uh, but he certainly got some place Kirk Cousins has never gotten to, so I think you'd have to say he's a better player than Cousins right now. Uh, but would Cousins have done more in that game than Brock Purdy did? It's hard to say. Brock Purdy did not have a great game like some people are saying. He also didn't have a bad game. He had a pretty good game. wasn't great. Clearly wasn't the same kind of game Jalen Hurts had in Super Bowl 57. Uh, but there's no reason to believe Brock Purdy isn't that isn't going to continue to be that team's franchise quarterback moving forward. Uh, they're going to have to pay him at some point, and then they're going to have to make a decision. But for right now, he's exactly what the 49ers need. Uh, but they got to figure out a way to get over the hump. Otherwise, they're going to suffer a similar fate that the Eagles suffered here 
uh, in 2023. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this season and stay with us. We're going to continue to talk about free agency. We're going to continue to look around the rest of the NFL and keep an eye on what's going on around the league this offseason. That's our mission, keeping an eye on the enemy on what other teams are doing. So we'll continue to talk to writers from other cities covering other teams, but also we'll talk to experts about what the Eagles might do in free agency and the draft coming up over these next few weeks and months. Thanks, guys, for for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time right here on Eye on the Enemy. B.G.